Most of our kids are camping this weekend, so I think uh, Louisa, she's up north at the lake, and uh, um, all the, the kids that we have that uh, are all having fun this weekend, so we, we celebrate with them. I invite you to turn to your, in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2. Continuing the series on, on the book of Nehemiah, so it's about a quarter of the way to your Bible, Nehemiah chapter 2. Can you find a page here? Let me know. Yeah, it's what is it? 266. 266. How many here remember the country band, band Alabama? Like them? It's been a long time since we've heard them. And they have this song. I'd really like Keith to sing it for us. You think you can sing some Alabama for us? Leanne can. Who can? Leanne. Leanne can sing Alabama. How about the song, I'm in a hurry? Here's the words for that song. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die. But I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. I don't know why I have to drive so fast. My car has nothing to prove. It's not new, but it'll do 0 and 60 and 5.2. Remember that song? I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. I can't be late. I leave plenty of time. Shaking hands with the clock. I can't stop. I'm on a roll and I'm ready to rock. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I hear a voice that says I'm running behind. I pick up my pace. It's a race. And there ain't no room for someone in second place. I'm in a hurry to get things done and rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really ought to, got to do is live and die. But I'm in a hurry. I don't know why. For how many of us here this morning does that describe our life? I know it describes mine. My, my kids and my wife, they say, you know, why are you always in a hurry? You gotta go, right, Daisy? Are you in a hurry all the time? Oh, yeah. We live in a world where you have to be in a hurry and we want things now. Time is money and, and we just can't be waiting around. I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. I rush and rush until life's no fun. Go, go, go. In our grocery stores, we have instant tea, microwave popcorn, instant soups, and mini meals. Our banks have instant cash, and now you don't even have to go to the bank to make a deposit. All you got to do is take a picture of it and send it to your bank, and the deposit is made. Take phone pictures with your phone. You don't have to go wait hours and hours for your pictures to be developed anymore. You can have them right away. Fast food makes eating not so much enjoyable, but what it does do is it gets there fast. I was recently watching a movie about Ray Kroc. Who's Ray Kroc? McDonald's. In the early 50s, he was just a, a man selling uh, malt mixers to restaurants. And uh, a restaurant called McDonald's in California made an offer, or made a purchase by, I believe, seven or eight of them. And he wanted to go to this restaurant. He went up to the restaurant and he ordered a couple burgers and an order of fries and a, and a soft drink and it was sitting right there and he was just amazed at how fast that could be there, the food that he ordered. No one has ever done that before. Look what happened to Ray Crock at McDonald's. 
people want things fast. It even affects us in our faith. I was reading in one of the, the magazines that I get for outreach and, and church growth. There are churches in California, they must really want to go things fast in California. They have churches, 30-minute churches now that they advertise. Church worship services in less than 30 minutes for those that don't have time. Amazing, isn't it? Let's quickly have church because we feel guilty. I have to go to church, so let's quickly get it done in 30 minutes or less and get going what we want to do. I'm in a hurry. I don't know why. Even our kids are caught up in this mentality. Right? They want things what? Right now. I was in a store the other day and there's a little girl pleading with her mom. I want it now, mom! We're in a hurry and we don't know why. And I think even those people that did not raise their hand this morning that would say that they're a little bit calmer. Jeff, you're pretty calm, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> There's times that you probably want to get your little car and go fast, right? Oh, never. Never. A long time ago, Carl and I spent a year in Kenya, Africa. And I was just reflecting on that the other day. And Carl and I often talk about that. That was surely a blessing. There are no pressures there because it was around 120 degrees and no electricity, no television, no, no phones. And the people that we worked with were, were never in a hurry. He took life easy. But then I get to the States with our work mentality. It's hurry, hurry, hurry. We want things right now. And for those who know me, who work with me, know that I'm impatient right now. I want it now. This morning's scripture lesson that we're going to read in Nehemiah chapter 2 is a lesson for us just to calm down, relax, spend more than 30 minutes with your God. Listen to God's word. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. The king looked at Nehemiah, really his second-hand man, and could tell that something was just really bothering Nehemiah. I guarantee you, every one of us, we can look at someone that we know very well, and we will know instantly if something bothers you. The king looked at Nehemiah and said, Why do you look so sad? There has to be something sad in your heart. Continue to read. Nehemiah said, I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried in lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. The king said to me, what is it that you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. 
If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my fathers are buried, so that I can rebuild it. And then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take? And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the king's force, that he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, by the temple, for the city wall, and its residence I will occupy. And because of the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my request. So I went to the governors of the Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters, and the king had also sent the army officials and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Hornite and Tobiah the Ammonite officials heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the well-being and the welfare of the Israelites. Again, we're reading God's precious and holy word. Sometimes we just have to slow down. This morning's scripture passage, we learned that Nehemiah was a guy that slowed down. If we look at the calendar, it shows that Nehemiah waited approximately four months after hearing about the news of his forefathers in Jerusalem until he approached the king with his plan. In chapter 1, we heard that he asked his brothers from Jerusalem, how was the city? And they gave him bad news. Now, for most of us, if we heard bad news, we'd want to have it fixed right now. I'm going to go talk to the king today. I'm going to ask for safe passage. I'm going to ask for timber. I've got to get it done. But in this case, Nehemiah waited four months until he went to the king with a sad heart. And the king said, what is it that you want? He did not go running that minute. I believe he spent four months waiting for the right time, praying and asking for God's guidance. He waited for God's guidance. So that makes me think in my life, in ministry, in serving, in, in my work life. So often we have all these plans made out. We're going to be doing this, and I have this plan, and this is what we want for the church, and this is how we're going to approach it. And we make all of our plans, and then we ask God to bless them, right? We have that backwards. Maybe we need to spend time in prayer before asking God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to proceed? And we follow God's plan. It seems like our society has it backwards. We're going to jump in first and then ask for help. Rather stepping back and saying, God, what do you want me to do? You see, true faith brings a calmness to the heart that keeps us from rushing in and trying to do everything on our own. Those things that only God can do. You know, we can only do yet only so much. But it's God that does the work, correct? We can really do nothing. And when we have faith in God, we accept God's timing rather than our timing. And that's hard to do. 
when we have a family member that's sick or who is struggling. When we're facing a crisis in our life, whether that's through a relationship or financial or job-related, we want things fixed right now. But maybe, just maybe God has a different calendar, a different plan, a different time for us to wait on him for all things that are good. Artaxerxes was a great king. He was sheltered as a king. He was protected from anything that would make him unhappy. If a person would come in with bad news that would make the king unhappy, the king had all authority to have that person put to death. The king did not want to face bad news. And yet here we have Nehemiah. He was so burdened with the news of Jerusalem that he could no longer hide his pain. I believe in that previous four months, Nehemiah prayed, Lord, let each day be the day that I bring about the plan to the king. It wasn't for four months that the king asked him. In this morning's scripture passage, we see that he saw the cupbearer. Nehemiah was hurting. The king didn't have him banished or killed. What's bothering him? And when Nehemiah shared his heart, the king gave him his request. Today we have a lot of trouble in the world. There are disagreements about the President of the United States. We hear it all on the news. There's all kinds of differences. We have world leaders such as Putin and Russia. The Korean and North Korean leader that's causing problems and issues. We have the country of Iran. It seems like there's a lot of struggles in our world. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, it says, World leaders are God's servants, whether they know it or not. Do we believe that? And in this case, for King Artaxerxes, he was at the hand of God. The waiting was over for Nehemiah, and he could speak to the king, and the king blessed him. When we look at the troubles of our world, we as followers of Christ need to bow in prayer. And we say, well, it's been so long. Iran has been a thorn in our side for so long. Russia has been our competitor for so long. North Korea has been a mess for, for 50 years. God, do something. we need to weep and pray. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have a broken heart. But as we look at this chapter a little bit closer, I want to learn that it's good to wait and pray. We need to take time out and spend time with God. You know, so often it seems like we're too busy to pray. I want to be an encouragement for you here today to slow down just a bit to be with God. And when we face times that get us all worked up and we're nervous about the day and we want to rush ahead, just take time out and look to God. The scripture reminded, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. 
I know, in fact, when we're so busy rushing around, we fail to see the blessings that, that God has given to us. Also in Scripture, we're reminded, be still and what? And know that I am God. So often we don't want to be still. We don't want to listen. In order for us to have any relationship, we need to be still and listen to one another, right? So Randy, how long have you been married? 41 years. That's a long time. Mark and Carol, how long have you been married? They're looking at each other. I don't remember. I think it was 38. 38 years. Okay. Bob and Julie, how long? 57. How long? 57 years. Okay. We look at that, that, that this group. 41, 38, they think. And then 57. Now, could you do that many years without listening to each other? Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't listened to you yet, has he, Carol? How about it, Randy? Does it take communication and listening to each other to make it work? Mark? So if you went on your way not even paying attention to Carol and just did your thing every day, how long do you suppose your marriage would last? The door would be locked pretty quick. Bob and Julie, 57 years. It takes communication, listening, and especially now patience, right? Patience. How in the world can we expect God to bless us, to have a relationship with our Father in heaven, when we don't want to take time to even have a relationship and communicate, right? It seems like we're being choked by our world. It destroys our marriages, our family life, our relationships with our Savior. Our spiritual lives are literally suffocating for breath, just a breath of fresh air, because we're so busy. Because we want to cram more into our day. Start early in the morning, work later at night, take work home. Go, go, go. Get on the computer, get on the phone. How many people have gone to a restaurant and looked at people sitting around you? What are they doing? We can't get away from the dumb things, can we? Because we want to cram more in our day. And the sad thing is, who gets pushed aside? Those people that are closest to us. And the God who loves us so very much. Slow down. The world may be telling us to rev up, go faster. God's word is still just as true today as it was when it was written. Be still and know that I am God. An ordinary car, when it's running down the road, the RPMs, the revolutions per minute is approximately how much? Three. Oh, you're wrong there. How much? 1,800 going down the road. 1,800 revolutions per minute. You kind of missed it by three there. You're not even at idle speed there yet, yeah. you know. So. But anyway, 
I was just reading a NASCAR engine on the NASCAR track was going pull out. How many revolutions do you suppose that is? Now they're doing a little over 11,000 RPMs. So, on your average car engine that runs 2,000 RPMs a minute, let's say 18 to 2,000, how long does that car last? If it's a Ford, it probably lasts about three months, but if it's what, you know, I'll just be mentioned. Oh. So that means it's an transmission. Okay, but engines will last 120, 30, 50,000 miles, right? How long does a NASCAR race engine last? One race. That's what happens. God has shown his wisdom to us by saying slow down because you can't run over all the time. You know, getting caught up in the race of this day is rewarding. It's exciting when you get on a roll when your motor starts and you're on faster and faster and you're doing deals and you're getting things accomplished. But when we're living like that, we have very little time for the work of God. God says, be still and know I am God. Be still and talk to me. Nehemiah waited four months. As followers of Christ are to be set apart from the others. We're called to listen to a different drummer. We're called to bear the cross, to have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, and to be renewed each day. And yet, we are too busy. The arch enemy of our spiritual authenticity is busyness. The Bible calls it worldliness. Getting caught up with the social agenda, objectives, activities that we neglect our walk with God. I encourage you to slow down. We talk about an authentic marriage requires the same kind as a relationship with the Lord. Communicate, slow down, and listen, and talk. Relationships with our friends demand the same. Relationships are destroyed if you're too busy. To have a relationship with our Savior requires time and effort. When we're busy, it's easy for us to get choked up by life's worries. But we're not doing what we can do more. Maybe we're just called to slow down. It's summertime. July is coming to a close and August is knocking on the door. Have we truly enjoyed the days that God has given to us? We often say, time flies by so quickly. But have we truly enjoyed the blessings of God? Have we walked outside on a beautiful summer day and just paused in prayer and said, God, I thank you for this day? I've shared this before. But statistics show that the average American spends how much time in prayer a day? The average active Christian that goes to church more than three times a week, or three times a month, excuse me. How much time do they spend in prayer? 30 seconds. Less than 30 seconds. Less than 15. The average is 12 seconds a day that we spend in prayer. Anybody have a second hand on their watch? Anybody got a watch on? No. Anybody? 
Okay, how much time do you have? Okay. So I want you to kind of add up how much time I spent praying right now. Okay. You ready? Got you ready to go? Got it. Okay, let's start out in the morning. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for my family. What's my family that you're doing with today? How long is that? You didn't time it, did you? Four seconds. Four seconds, okay. So then I'm going to have dinner, but, you know, pray over my dinner. You going to time that? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this, this meal that you have given to us. Bless me today. Strength my body. Amen. Four seconds. Four seconds. Now I'm already up to eight seconds. Okay? So now I'm going to be home at night, and I'm going to crawl in bed, and I'm going to say my prayer. Let's try this. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day that you have given to me. I just pray that you'll be with my children. I pray that you'll be with Trisha and Cody and, and Kirk and Danica. Bless my wife as she serves you. And I look forward to tomorrow. Amen. 13 seconds. How much is the average? Did I say 13 seconds? 12. 12 seconds? I pray 13 seconds on above the average. Twelve seconds a day. The God who loves us so much. Pray, Jesus. How in the world do we dare ask God to bless us, to use us, to multiply? When we can give God no more than 12 seconds a day. It's embarrassing. I know, Mark, if you only talked to Carol 12 seconds a day, it wouldn't be a happy life. No marriage can survive. Daisy, you and Andrew, if you only talk 12 seconds a day, you think we can look forward to your marriage together? God knew in his wisdom long ago said, be still and know that I am God. And develop that relationship. You talk about computers and cell phones and everything like that. People say it saves us a lot of time. We can get on Facebook, we can follow anybody around, we can we can send emails and correspondence. It goes that quick. It, it's cool. It helps, right? It makes us more productive. I remember when computers started coming out, my, my parents had a livestock auction. And I said to my dad, I said, you need to have a computer. You know, this would make it a lot easier. In fact, my dad and I went out and bought a computer. We brought it to my mom and said, Mom, you know, here's... Here's this computer you can put in your business and you can do all the finances and the books on that computer. She never started it up. Because she said this, I don't know how to run it and I can do better by writing it down. That was my mom. I was reading about a speaker at last year's National Youth Convention for, for Christian churches. 
They did a study there. The greatest chance for people not to pray was what? Their electronics. Computers make things easy. Cell phones make it easy. Communication is at its best. But why are we not communicating with God? We've come to a close this morning. I think we need to take time to listen. I'm sure that four months that Nehemiah waited seemed like an eternity. He wanted to go and fix those walls. But maybe we just need to slow down and reflect on God first. A great writer named Zeno wrote this, we have two ears and one mouth, so we may hear more and speak less. When was the last time you took time out to listen to your kids? I mean, really listen to their dreams, their hopes, their joys. It's easy to, to listen to them when they come in the house and as parents are kind of get a little bit of a glimpse of their life, but we're busy with other things. But when was the last time you sat down and listened? When was the last time that you really sat down and listened to your best friend, whether it's your spouse or another friend? Just really listen to their hopes and dreams and what bothers them. It's important that we take time to listen. Now this one. When was the last time that you just took time out to listen to God? Just to be quiet. To reflect on what God is doing in your life. Quiet enough that if God chose to speak to you in a gentle whisper, that you were able to hear Oh yeah, our work and our activity, it's all good. It's good to be busy. America was founded on hard work and sweat. But it was also founded in deep faith in our Heavenly Father. Work and business is not the main thing of our strength. Our strength comes from God alone. Still can know that I God. Take time to wait. Father was talking to me the other day. He had a drive source. I like to know the drivers that work for me and what makes them tick and what gets them excited about life. And uh, I was talking to this guy and he says, I have a son who's 15 years old out for Edison. He said, when I'm out driving, he said, can you make sure I get home more often? I need to be home with my son. And I said, what, what caused this change in your life? I said, knowing, you know, knowing how you ran in the past, I said, you ran, ran, you grew up drunk like a crazy man. You never had time to be around. You wanted to go, go, go. Brad, he said, what changed? He said, my son just turned 15 years old. He said, for his 15th birthday, he said, I thought I was going to do something really great for him. So he said, I went down to the courthouse in Byron Center, the, not, not the legal courthouse, it's the, the basketball playing courthouse, okay? And he said, I went there and he said, I bought him a gift certificate for a basketball camp for the whole week. And he said, I thought my son would be so excited to have 
that ability because he says, I know that he loved to play basketball. And he says, I got him that. And he said, I gave it to him for his 15th birthday. He said, my son opened it up and he just kind of put it away and opened up the rest of his birthday presents that he got from his grandpa, grandma. Never said much about that gift certificate. He said, on a, later that afternoon, he said, I was with my wife, and he said, you know, he said, Brandon didn't get excited about that gift certificate to the courthouse. And she said, oh, yeah, she said, I wish I would, you would have talked to me before you bought that. She said, Brandon hasn't played basketball in three years. He said, didn't you realize that he's on a robotic team at school? could care less about basketball. He wants to build robots. He said, Brad, he said, I need to be home with my kid. He said, I lost three years that I didn't even know it would make him join me. That's a reminder of a human family. our spiritual family. Have we even given God enough time to share life with him? Those things that excite us, that get us wound up. Those things that break our heart. Those things that help us get up in the morning to move us. Those hurts. Nehemiah had four months. Patient. I encourage us to be patient. Be still and know who God is. God will do amazing things. What did God do in this story? He opened the king's heart. And the king says, I'll give you all the letters that you need so that you can travel to Jerusalem safely. You can have the cavalry. They'll support you. They'll encourage you. They'll protect you. You can have all the timber in my forest because you came to me. Can you imagine what God will do if we come to him? Holy well, and gracious God, we just thank you for your word today of Nehemiah. A man whose heart was broken because Jerusalem was falling apart. I'm sure again that wanted to quickly go do things. To go rebuild the city quickly. Let's get it done. And yet he waited for you to work. For you, for you to do an amazing thing. And Father, I pray for everyone here that we may slow down to allow you to work in our lives, to do an amazing thing here in our lives, with our friends, in our community, and throughout the world. When we're in a hurry, Father, let us pause and reflect on you. In your name we pray. Amen.